the willingness that I had came into me, I believe, from my higher power. Um, I was terrified, though. And thank God I took that over the fear. I took the faith over the fear. Because if I didn't, I, like I said, I don't know where I would be. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Pleased to be joined today by Madison McManus. Madison's addiction issue started when she was just 15 years old and quickly spiraled out of control and eventually led her to teen pregnancy, homelessness, 19 overdoses, and finally being arrested. Now clean and sober, Madison shares with us today how she broke free from her never-ending cycle of addiction and relapse to what can only be called a radical transformation of body, mind, and spirit. Welcome to the show, Madison. Thanks so much, Damon. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to do the show today, and I've been looking forward to talking with you. Many people would look at you today on this uh, show and and find it hard to believe your story. Can, right. can you take us back, Madison, to when this all started for you? Sure. So, um, first of all, so grateful to be here, and hopefully I help some people. Um, so, my journey started very young. Um, my first drink of alcohol, I was 13. Um, like you said, it definitely spiraled out of control at a very, very young age, 13 to 14. My life was so unmanageable. Um, it's just the only thing I was thinking about is how I could get more. All my goals for school subsided. I had um, really no goals in life except to get one more. It was so I was so young. Um, at 15, I started using hard drugs and um I was arrested. I was put on probation. I really, I really dragged my family through um, my addiction because I was so young. Um, I was on probation. I would go to rehabs. I would get out and I just couldn't stay clean and sober for the life of me. And I had no idea about the disease at this point. Um, at 16, 17, I ran away from home. Um, at 18, I got pregnant. Um, I had, as soon as I was sober during my pregnancy, and then as soon as I had my daughter, again, I didn't know how to stay clean, went right back to the hard stuff. Um, I had custody of my daughter for two years. I took care of her. I went to school using drugs. I went to school, took care of my daughter to the best that I could. Um, she did come first, even when I was in my addiction, uh, the high came first also. It was, it was like a crazy situation. Um, I didn't have my family in my life because of how I was living. I didn't have anyone in my life. I did this all on my own, um, created my own mess. So um, at, when my daughter was two, I decided that I couldn't take her through this anymore and that um, she would be better in the care of her grandmother. So, 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 so real quick, going back, you know, go, going back to when you were 15, sure. did, did you think that it was addiction that was the issue or did you just think it was people, places and things and, 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 and other people or did, when was the first sense that, wow, you know, I might have an addiction issue. So honestly, I wouldn't even think of that when I was out, um, when I would go into jail, juvenile detention, rehabs. All I could think about was getting out. I always knew 
that there was something I thought that that um that there was something morally wrong with me that I was like a bad person because I couldn't stop. I really didn't have a grasp on the disease until I was way older. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that get to this point, and, and maybe this was you as well. You know, everybody would say that doesn't have an addiction problem. Why didn't they just listen? Yeah. You know, there must have been, if you're looking back now, right, there must be people that were in your life that were saying, oh, hey, yeah. Madison, you know what? This is um, this has gotten a little out of control with, with, with drug use and alcohol and stuff. You, you know, looking back on it now, um, do, did you do you remember anyone doing that, trying to stop you, trying to intervene? It's funny you say that. Literally every single person, um, no one in my family, my direct family, has the disease of addiction. So all they would say to me over and over every single day when I was in rehab, when I got out of jail, when I was in jail, why can't you just stop? Why, why can't you just stop? And my answer would always be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Play that whole card. But in my mind, I knew I wasn't going to stop because I just wasn't able without the solution that I found today. Yeah. So eventually this led you to a very bad place. I mean, I read a lot about your story and, you know, you're on the streets. It, it really led you to being on the streets for years, right? Right. So I left my daughter at the age of two, like I said, and uh, I just, I was in a town right my daughter lives in a town right next to a, a bad city um in new jersey it's really known for it's it's um known for you know drugs and just not a good place and um i figured it out really quick i literally left her um and figured out the streets as best as i could it, it took a long it took a couple years i was out there for six years um it was and looking back, it's really hard for me to look back and know that I was the type of person that I was just because it's like, I mean, now it's not, but still, I'm just, you know what I mean? Um, it's so far away from the person I am. But yes, I was homeless for six years. I did. I lived um, a life of, I would say, like an animal. I did anything I had to do um, to survive. I was in survival mode from the trauma. I became a person fight or flight. And I would just fight to get the next one. I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't even speak to my family for months at a time. Um, the person I was was just so far away from who I am now. But addiction brought me there. The drugs brought me there. I couldn't get enough. I mean, my habit was out of control. Like we said, I overdosed 19 times. Um, I would wake up in the hospital over and over. I hurt my body and I just, you know, I broke my collarbone. I broke my ribs. I just didn't care. Um, car accidents, you know, horrible, horrible things. And, um, it brought me to a point where I just was so tired. Um, I was sitting, I was sitting on these rocks and I was just so exhausted. I sat there and I never talked to God. I didn't really have, I didn't have the thought of God. All I had the thought of was how can I get one more? Um, I know I keep repeating that, but it's so true. It's literally the only thing that was on my mind. I didn't care about anyone. Um, and I was sitting on these rocks and I literally put my hand on my head and, um, I prayed to a God that I didn't know. And I said, these words, I said, out loud, please get me out of here. Like, get me out of this town. And as I was sitting there, I was like, 
it's not going to happen. I'm going to be stuck here forever. I thought I would die there when I was using. Um, two hours later, I was in handcuffs and I had the choice of going to prison or going to rehab to better myself as a human being. Before you were, before you were sitting on that rock and, and, and just exhausted and, you know, I'm wondering what's kind of going through your head day to day when you're on the streets for six years, because, you know, everybody who has had addiction and whether they're on the streets or not understands that it's this constant back and forth issue, right? Where you're constantly thinking about drugs and alcohol. You're constantly, it's, it obsesses, you're obsessed with it, right? It's constantly, how are you going to get it? How are you going to maintain it? How are you going to hide it, right? All that stuff is going through your mind 24-7. But, but, but you know, what's, what was going through your mind? Because, you know, we're all, this show's all about, like, trying to feature people who have had radical transformations, too. And you're somebody who's a radical transformation. I think most people that maybe haven't had an addiction issue just really would find it hard to believe that all of a sudden you're sitting there, that's your consciousness. And then all of a sudden in literally a couple of moments, your consciousness shifts. Can you, can you talk about that, about that moment that that happened? So you just described exactly like how my mind was about the obsession and stuff like that. Um, Also the pain that, that we all feel, I just want to talk about that real quick, that we all feel, and no matter what your story is, no matter if you were on the streets or if you were home with your kids or if you were halfway in, halfway out, like that pain we feel is so strong because we just, our brains are just, you know what I mean? They're just not the same. And we don't um, know what is going on with us. We think, you know what I mean? We're different. Yeah. And I mean, would you say also too that people that have addiction issues, their tolerance for pain is much higher like the people places and things situation situations and stuff you know we're we're in a way geared a lot tougher in that area although in other in other ways we're very very sensitive right we're very fragile right but the ability to be able to take abuse and the endurance of that day day in day out is 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 kind of a common it's kind of a common story right it is. I find um, a lot of sponsees that I have, a lot of people that I meet in my journey today, we have that similar, which is so great because we can relate on that level. And um, I find that when people relate on my level, I'm t- I tend to open up more and I feel like I can share more. And once we're sharing more, we're healing. So Yeah. So you're sitting there six years plus everything that happened before. You've got to be thinking to yourself, you know, things are never going to change. And then all of a sudden, in a couple of moments, tell us what happens here, because it is pretty amazing. In a couple of moments, your whole life just changes. I mean, today, when I look back, um, at the time, I had no idea. But today, when I look back, I mean, the feeling that I had, I truly believe that it was a divine intervention and that something bigger than me jumped in and gave me an opportunity. Did I have to take that opportunity? I don't know where my life would have been if I didn't. I don't think I'd be alive. Um, But I did take it. I took the opportunity and I do believe today that it was my higher power, which I call God, um, gave me a split. Because you know, you think about God moments. I think about God moments and that's a perfect description because I was in such a cycle. I could have just kept going, but I didn't. 
And I truly believe that it was something bigger than me, like here, bam. And I took it and it was so scary for me to get sober. It was, yeah. I mean, people probably try to fit, you know, everybody's tried to reverse engineer what's the exact combination of things that need to be said for people to have a transformation and to be able to get sober. And we know that willingness is part of it, right? Like willingness is a gateway. And when you sat there and said, Hey God, help me out. Like I need an intervention. It's, it's so strange. It's like that willingness to talk about that for a little bit, that just that brief little ability to become willing for a moment, how, how that changed you. Yeah. So like you talk about that and I think about so many times that when I was in my addiction, I did pray, get, you know, I don't know if I said, get me out of here, but things, I don't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. I never took that willingness. At that moment, I decided to be willing because I had the choice. It was either prison or it was, um, rehab. I took that willingness and said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to, try this whole thing of sobriety and which I had no clue what it was. Um, but thank God I did because if I didn't, I would have been right back and I mean, I would have went to prison and I would have, or I would have ran from the rehab because I did that best too. And, um, the willingness that I had came into me, I believe from my higher power. Um, I was terrified though. And thank God I took that over the fear. I took the faith over the fear. Because if I didn't, I, like I said, I don't know where I would be. Yeah, um, faith is a huge part of your story. And, yeah. you know, I, w- what do you think was different? Because, you know, a lot of people that don't have addiction issues or maybe are dealing with a family member or a loved one that has addiction issues right. and they're incredibly frustrated, right? And they're like, things are never going to change. And I've given the person a second chance, a third chance, a fifth chance, an 18th chance, right? And it just hasn't changed. What did change on this last thing? Why didn't you run out of rehab? That's something I can't really, like, I can describe, but to a degree. Um, That was something that is indescribable. It came in me to try to give this a chance. Um, You know, my parents gave me chance after chance after chance. I truly believe with something like that, talking about others struggling, something like that. It has to be within them. It had, it came from within me that I was just going to try it. I was done. I just wanted to try it for a little bit at the time. I'm going to be honest. I was like, Oh, maybe I can manage it one day. Um, but I didn't find the solution at that point. Um, it came from within me. I was exhausted. I didn't want to hurt people anymore. You know, I was talking to my mom in the phone because I I got arrested. I was in jail a few months. Um, and it just really came from me without, I was done. It's, it's, it's a peculiar thing because you can't force someone to get sober. People tried to force me. People tried to beg me. My mom would buy me stuff. My mom would move me here, move me there. I went to California. I went to Colorado. She tried rehabs. I wasn't ready on the inside. The feeling that I had was just done. Do you think, um, you know, when, when we talk about radical transformations, a lot of people that are stuck and they've gotten to a place where it is beyond unmanageable, what, you know, one of the things that, that you hear a lot is, is I'm never going to be able to repair these relationships. 
Mm. I'm never going to be able to make things right. Things are never going to change. And what I love about your story is it's really a story of redemption and rebuilding and rebuilding these relationships to something that's really amazing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that, um, that really hits home because, uh, when I got sober, I was 25 and I had no clue what I was doing. I had my family a little bit, but they were not, you know, my family moved during my active addiction because they couldn't watch me kill myself. You know, I had all these, um, feelings of, of fear of, I'm never going to, exactly what you said. I'm never going to be able to heal these relationships. My child, my mother, my father, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles, it just kept going. How am I going to do this? And I was so, I had that feeling that I wasn't going to be able to, but I put a lot of work in to, to do that. And, um, it came over time. I took one step at a time. And now today, over time, I've really, I've healed I mean, I'm great with my family. I am, I have a court case next week for full custody of my child. I've been visiting her over years. I've built that relationship with her. Um, it just took a lot of work. I mean, you know, my solution was therapy and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, everything that comes along with that. And my life is literally beyond my wildest dreams. Like, I, um, it just took a lot of work. It starts slowly. Um, sometimes people don't forgive me. Some, some people haven't forgiven me. They say, okay, then I don't want to talk to you. Have a nice life. But the fact that as addicts, we have so much baggage to work through that is a beautiful, it's painful. It's uncomfortable, but it's possible. It's possible for anyone. If I could do it, if you, if anyone could do it, it's possible. With this radical shift of consciousness that you have, because I don't even know how to describe it beyond that, what's one thing that you didn't expect out of all of this? That, that Looking back, you were saying, you know what, this is never going to happen, or it wasn't even in your consciousness that, that it would happen. Yeah. What's, one, what's one thing that's happened that just you truly cannot believe? So I would have to say, and this is like my number one thing all the time. I mean, I don't even have to think about this question. It's the inner peace that I have. It's the serenity that I have with everyday things that I never had. Um, dealing with people, dealing with things. My thing has always been to help people. My whole life has been to do anything I can. Like when I was, you know, so, um, that inner peace that I have, that tranquility is always with me. And I definitely truly believe that it's God. Um, but it's always there. I deal with situations, you know, life happens, things happen, people get sick. You know, my parents had COVID, but I am able to handle just about anything. I haven't met anything. I go with the thought process of don't use under any circumstances. Cause I've done that. I've done that in my journey. I've slipped. And it just, with alcohol, and it just doesn't do anything for me, but bring me back to a place of self-pity and all that. Um, but yeah, definitely the inner peace that I can deal with anything. And that um, I've used a lot of principles, such as uh, acceptance, 
um, gratitude. I use that in my every day and it helps me. I just never thought I would have a peace. I thought it would always be crazy and things would always be happening and I'd be dealing with bad things and not being able to handle it. And today I can. And you could just have a regular Monday, right? Yeah. Just like everybody else. That, I that's have my favorite. routine and it's just yeah. it's my smoothie, my coffee, everything. Yeah. Go to the gym usually when I'm not, I'm in a cast right now, but you know, I can handle that today. I got surgery a couple weeks ago. I've never had surgery. Um, it was, I'm in a cast. I'm unable to go to the gym. I'm, I'm unable to work and I'm, I'm able to handle all that and accept it the way it is and be grateful for it in the end. Madison, if somebody is, is listening to this and they know that they need to have a transformation and it might not be as dramatic as yours, it might not be homelessness for six years, yes. right? Yeah. It might not be that. It might just be simple as, you know what? I have to quit drinking. I have to quit using alcohol. I have to change the way that I'm doing things. What would be the advice that you would give them? My advice would be give it a shot. Go to rehab. Open your ears. Shut your mouth. And just, you don't have to shut your mouth. Talk as much as you want. <laughs> but my advice would be just give it a shot. Because my radical thing might have been very dramatic. But the growth didn't come until after rehab. I would tell them go to rehab and I would tell them go to a meeting. Do what people say. Get some phone numbers. I mean, that's the only thing that I, I can say is that saved my life. Um, it's not going to be my growth, like I said, wasn't dramatic. It was that over time and over every day practice. Listening to people is not my thing. And I did it. And now I'm happier than I ever have been. Things are falling into place. You do the right thing and things fall into place. Even though, you know, I doubted it, I do it now and I see it. Good things happen when I act good. Madison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can people find out more about you and connect with you if they wish to? So they can um, follow me on Instagram at Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E-B-A-D-D-I-E, 718. My name is Madison McManus, obviously. But um, they can follow me on Instagram and I can help anyone. I'm willing to talk to anyone, you know, as long as it's recovery related and help anyone get into a program if they're in New Jersey, whatever I can do to help anyone, conversation, whatever. And Madison is also on Recovered Life. So if you want to join there, you can join for free, recoveredlife.us. Yes, and you can also yeah. connect with Madison there. We'll put all of your information in the show notes. Madison, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Damon. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone that's watching has a great day and finds something useful out of my story. Thanks, Madison. Thanks, Damon. Have a good one. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.